Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Martin Riley. He is the author of Business Jet Engine and is a business and leadership coach with over 20 years of experience in the industry. A product designer turned coach, Martin's passion lies in making the complex simple, decoding some of the most challenging aspects of business, leadership, relationships, and life into easy-to-understand systems and tools. Martin empowers business owners and their teams to focus on essential tasks leading to stress-free, profitable progress year after year. Thanks so much for being here today, Martin. It's an absolute pleasure. It, I, I am thrilled to have you here. If the, anyone who's listened or, or knows me knows that um, systems are some of my favorite things. So yep. <laughs> I'm going to love this conversation. So Excellent. Let, let's start with... Um, I'll say the negative, not really negative, but what makes running a small business such a challenge, do you think? Well, the the, the first and simplest answer is most people running a small business, they're normally great at what they do. <laughs> they're just not experts in business. And that's the, the, the first challenge. There is a lot to getting a business right. And whether it's a small business, you think about, say, sailing a dinghy. There are some fundamentals you have to get right. As your business gets bigger, it becomes more like a a larger yacht, and then it becomes an ocean liner. You still have to know the principles of sailing a ship at sea for it to be successful. And most business owners are are very busy just delivering their product or service. So learning all the rest on top is really quite a challenge. I so agree with you. It's so and, and and God bless them. I mean, I'm a small business owner. Like we have this thing we're really good at, we're passionate about it. We just want to go do it. And then all these other things come into the mix and we're juggling or spinning plates. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about what business owners can do to develop that business expertise so they understand those things. What do you think? Well, I, I think one of the big challenges is that we're we're bombarded with advice, we're bombarded by information, and it's a little bit like having a jigsaw, but not having the box with the picture on the front. And we don't really know the relationships. We don't know where anything goes. We don't know if this is a really important piece, a high value piece, whether this is an advanced piece for an ocean liner, and we're still we've still got a dinghy. So it's hard to put it all together. Yeah, And it's because I spotted this challenge that I came up with what I call the business jet engine. And, and that helps business owners see business as a system. And, and I think that's the first step for any business owner is, is really to see business as a system, whether it's my system or somebody else's, but get a reliable, consistent method hmm. of looking at your business and going, have I got all the right bits in place? And how important are they for my business? 
that's what helps them move forward, I think. There's plenty more to it, but keeping it no, simple I, at this point. Yeah, I, and I love that. And I think you're you're absolutely right about that. And I know today you want to focus on step two, which is defining your business model. So before we talk about that, why, why is it that that's the step that you feel that strongly about? Well, I would almost call that that step one, but um, because there are two parts. There's, in fact, there's a part before that which is knowing your your passion and purpose. But most people going into business normally have a sense of that, and that's a rinse and repeat, something to come back to and refine over the years. So you have to have your business model right, but then you have to see business as a system to know what have I got right to deliver that model. That's kind of the bit I'm talking about with the business jet engine, but. That preceding step, getting your business model right, if you don't have some fundamental things in place or you don't understand them fully or you haven't thought them through, it's very easy for a business to be lopsided because I look at it as there being three circles, which we can come on to if you want to. But there are three kind of key areas you've got to get right with your business model. And I see many businesses where they've got one right or over-focused on it, and the other two aren't properly thought through. And that makes it very hard um, taking the boat model or an engine model. It's like, say you've got a, a, a car. You've, you've got some bits in place, but there's a few other bits missing. It's never really going to work. So you have to have these three parts of a business right. And, and that gives you a rounded and proper understanding of, of where you're trying to go. Okay, I see. So yeah, let, let's let's hit on those. So what is circle one? Okay, so so circle one, and I'll stay simple at this point, and we can go deep, come back okay. to each and go deeper if you'd like. Okay. Circle one is is really on knowing what you do best, what you're good at, what you're passionate about, what you're expert about, and really where you have edge, where you have that thing that is hard for people in your area to copy easily. Because it's very hard to be competitive if you don't have edge. You look at you know sports teams and there are leagues. It's normally the top few teams do really well. They they have all the successes because they have all the money and all the wins. If you're not winning, it's a struggle if you're in the middle or the bottom. And that's circle one. You've got to know what gives you edge. And I think if you don't have edge, better not compete till you find it. <laughs> okay, wait. I want to make sure I'm understanding this and that mm. there's understanding. Are you saying? As a business, you need to know what you do best, or as the owner, you need to know what you do best? Both. I mean, okay. they're reflections of each other very often in yeah. a small business. You know, most business owners start a business based on what they do best. Some yeah. not, some don't, but most do. So you've got to know, but ultimately, it's what does your business do best? Because it's okay. got to be that is value to the customer. And that's the second bit we're, we're going to get onto. You have to do something that customers really value. So is it is it, about the business ultimately. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So if so, what happens if people neglect circle one? It's very hard to compete. Okay. You're just in the sea of sameness. And generally, you then end up just competing on price. Ooh. And when you're just competing on price, you have to strip out the profit, strip out the profit, mm-hmm. and then how do you grow? It's a, just a constant struggle. You don't have cash flow. You don't have money to reinvest, and you can't buy the assets you need to truly deliver the way you want to deliver. So it's just a struggle if you if you can't do more than just compete on price. You've got to do something that customers really value that's different, and they will pay for it. And that kind of starts to move us around the other two circles. 
Great. Uh, and it's, I'm so glad I asked the question because that is so key. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I find so many small business owners really just focus on revenue and don't think about profit and then wonder why they're struggling all the time to be able to do the things that they need to do. So, And just picking up on that, yeah, I'm based in, in the UK and I don't imagine it's terribly different in the US. The last 10 years, you know, we've had so many things that have stripped profit out of businesses. We've had to be more and more competitive. And, you know, 10 years ago, you could charge a healthier profit. Now it's also competitive. There have been so many things causing problems that, that there's less and less profit. So it's even more important to, to have edge and differentiate and, and do something that's hard to copy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for that. So let's move to circle two. What is it? Well, circle two is understanding your customers, uh-huh. the problems they want solved, would love to have solved, need to have solved, and most importantly, will pay to have solved. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> a lot of business owners, if they just focus on on circle one and do what they love, and then they go, well, it's really hard to get any business. <laughs> Nobody wants it. We, we had a shop. <laughs> We we had a, a shop in my local small town town and and it opened up selling carved African sculptures, but the reality is there aren't enough people in my town who want that, <laughs> and if they want it, they don't want three or five. They wouldn't have enough repeat business, so they lasted a month. Oh. But I'm sure they were passionate about you know sh- right. shipping these things from another continent and very good at it, oh. but nobody wanted it. All right, so so <clears throat> this is. Probably an obvious question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, just to mm. make sure I'm, I'm covering all of this. So, how uh, is are there better ways than others for small business owners to figure that out before they what, launch? What what customers value? Yes, and we'll yes, pay go more. and talk to some. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm such a a believer in keeping it simple and common yeah. sense. And if you can't find a few people in your area to go and talk to and go, you're you're the kind of customer I'm looking at. I've got this idea. This is the problem it solves. I believe you're probably the kind of person with that that problem. If their eyes aren't lighting up and they're asking, tell me more about this. Actually, I might be interested. You really don't have a a solution. So don't waste Mm -hmm. your time trying to build a website, marketing something the five people you have spoken to that should be interested in have no response. Their eyes haven't lit up or they've said, how much can I buy one now? Don't bother. There's more and more more sophisticated ways of doing market research. But personally, that's where I start because there's nothing like looking someone in the eye and going, are you bored, disinterested, or are are your eyes lighting up and you want to write me a check? Absolutely. And and this goes along for me with what I encounter, which is so many small business owners saying to me, well, I just need to figure out how to convince them that this, this is really going to be great for them or their business or whatever. And I just look at them and say, you can't convince somebody that they no. need something you have. No, they, they like I say, it has to be a problem they really want, need, and will value having solved and will yeah. pay to have solved. Yeah. They may yeah. They may like the idea, but if it isn't worth opening a no one opens a checkbook anymore but i just like the phrase (laughs) send send a transfer now (laughs) (laughs) press the button right Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh go to paypal you know if they're not itching to sort of go well actually i'm really interested it may not be now 
but you know i i really if you can't see the animation in their yeah. face yeah. they're not interested they're just you know, paying lip service saying nice idea you know i'll i'll see i'll think about it but i know and you know one of the things that i'm picking up from all of this that i'm hoping the listeners are as well is that These are real honesty moments, right? Where you have to be really realistic and honest with yourself about your business, right? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And and if people aren't responding, you've got to go, well, what are the kind of problems in this area? Do you have any problems in this area that actually you would love solved? Yeah. Yeah, you you can still have that conversation. Yeah. I mean, one of one of my simplest questions always when I meet people, because I mean, I'm I'm inquisitive anyway. I love asking questions. I love being interested in people, and they like it too. But I tend to ask, you know, how are you? What is it you do? What are you into? What's keeping you excited this year? What's keeping you awake, worried this year? Yeah. And you soon find out the things that are their priorities. Yeah. And they're the things they will pay to have solved if it's at the right price, which brings us yeah. on to circle three. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Circle three, price. Talk to me. Well, circle three is about mutually winning pricing. It is that you look at the thing you're good at that gives you edge. There's what customers want, need, would love to have solved, would value having solved, and will pay to have solved. But then you can charge a, the right price where you cannot just break even, you can make a profit. And they still think they're getting great value. Because if they don't think it's great value, they're going to stop using you as soon as they can, or they'll recommend you with caveats. But if they think it's great value, they'll tell their friends and their contacts. So it has to be that mutually winning pricing that works for you both. And and what I find is too many small business owners race to the bottom of how they price rather than going, if I can find a customer who really needs and wants this solved, and would value this is going to change their life or their world or something really inconvenient. What is that worth? Not not how many hours or what did it cost to make this? What right. is that solution worth? So it's selling on value and yeah. finding, yeah. but doing the numbers, doing some basic sums, sums saying, how many of these do I need to sell in a week or a month to make the the revenue that gives me the profit I need to not just survive, but to grow and thrive? And will a customer buy it at that price? And if you can't, figure that out, again, you've got to be very wary because the sum shouldn't be complex. Now, I, can I just add one more bit there? Sure. A lot of business owners say to me, oh, well, I sell so many products, Martin. How can I think this through? Well, if you've got so many products, it's going to confuse you. So what I do is say group things, group things and average things. If you've got a bundle of products around $20, you know, you've got products ranging between $10 and $30, and there's you know loads of different types go, okay, well, there's this type of product I sell my 10, 10 to $30 products. That's, I'm going to call that an average. I've got to sell $130 products in a day or a week. And then my higher value, my $200 products, well, there may be you've got pr- products at $100, $200, $500, but find the average and go, that's my average band for this kind of product. That's my second banding. How many products in that band do I have to sell in a week or a month? And then the top level, the high ticket, which is really where most businesses need to be focusing because yeah. that's normally the, easy, the, the, the easiest and simplest to deliver and sell. Often you have to put in as much work for a low-ticket item, <laughs> a low product, as you do a high ticket. So why not sell the high tickets? So it's 
really looking at that that whole structure of your pricing model to go actually that's a realistic amount to sell in a week or a month that earns me my break even and then my profit and i can see it there are customers who will pay for those and then you know where to focus your marketing but but what we then need to finally do you know bring me back to circle 3 if there aren't if there are more questions on it but we there's an intersect between all three circles okay right? that's the sweet spot that yeah. intersect where what you do better than others that gives you edge and you do it differently what your customers value and will pay for and at the right price that earns you a profit and they think is great value there's that sweet spot that's where you have a viable mis- business model that gives you a really good chance of getting lift off <laughs> okay I, I love that intersection. And I'm wondering, and I'm so glad you said that after you were talking about <clears throat> having so many things that you sell, because it feels to me like at that intersection, there are fewer offerings, but their value is higher. Is that potentially true? Am I am I, th- am I thinking about that right? Um. Yes, but I wouldn't be scared of that. Um, it doesn't mean that there are other products and services you offer. You just don't market them uh-huh. with, the same, with the same vigor. For example, I do lots of things, but I tend to lead by I'm a business coach. Yeah. I also do leadership coaching. I do personal coaching. I do relationship coaching. I'm a problem solver, a creative yeah. people problem solver. So I can turn my hand to an awful lot of things that I've developed skills with over the years. And and someone who can fix one thing can fix many other things. But it allows you to pick and choose. If you're focusing and marketing the one, two, or three things that really drive your revenue, rinse and repeat. So you're not inventing the wheel every time. And that, that I think, is what is so key, is if you have to go through two different approaches. Say, for example, even if you're a web designer or, you know, it's like, Every every website will be different. Every client needed will be different. But you're still so probably working on small, medium, large websites for your size business. And there's a, a sort of rinse and repeat process for small, medium, and large websites. It doesn't mean there won't be a curveball project you love to do and do do. Yeah. But you don't market on those just because you did right. one. Not until you've done, you know, until that becomes your new bread and butter flagship offer. And then you might lead on that. But also... Clients or customers tend to have a, a lead in. There's the low cost entry level product that gets mm-hmm. them to know, you know, to try you out, know you like you, trust you, that old formula. So very often what you want to do is market on the lead in product. But you have to know there's a natural progression from that to the high ticket product. I've met right. businesses where they have that entry level product, but the high ticket product is so unrelated, then a customer is never going to make the leap. Ah. That's interesting. That's very interesting. And when you were talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, like the web designer, um, one of the things that I was hearing is y- you may have small, medium, large, but your system and your process for all the small is the same. You're not reinventing every single time someone reaches out to you or you know, you're talking to somebody. And Because uh, I find a lot of small business owners, that's what they do. Each one is unique. So each one has different pricing, each one has a different process, and it just feels like it's so much work. Well, 
this is one of the, the another of the classic mistakes I see over and over again is, is a business owner will have an idea, that thing they love to do, and they'll try and sell it. And they'll sell a few, but it's not quite working. And it's certainly not making the money they need it to make. So what they do is they've got one product not quite working and the marketing's not really driving it well enough. So they, they bring in a new product that they start to push and market. Yeah. And that doesn't quite work. It doesn't quite fly because the business model isn't right for that either. So then they bring in a third and then a fourth and then a fifth. What they end up with is essentially, if you like, five different businesses or business <laughs> models, none of which work rather than getting one right and then tiering something more advanced over the top and something else over the top. I mean, my business evolved by tiering things on top of each other. Um, but I got one sort of locked in and established and, and successful right. and then brought in something else that related to it. And clients tend to sort of end up using all three of my services over time, which is, you know, the business, the leadership and and the personal coaching. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. So, so you define your model and work that, and then don't, I mean, it sounds to me like once you define your model, then it, it, that helps keep you in, it helps keep you focused and, and in one line instead of jumping around and trying all those different things. So, for example, if you're in construction, what's the bit of construction you do best? Yeah. You know, is is it refurbishments? Is it is it, you know, modern bills? What's the thing that you really enjoy and, and, and specialize and market in that? It doesn't mean if someone comes along going, I've got a different type of project. Could you do it? You turn it away. Right. Right. Yeah. But it, it's like that mindset of, oh, but I can do any of the, I can do all these things. I can do any of these things like good for you, but, but how, what are you going to, you know, what's your thing? What's your sweet spot within yeah. that? So if I just give a, a little story, a simplified sure. example of that, when I was just taking a bit of a breather from, from the leadership coaching and I was having a rethink cause I'd moved, I decided to move my business locally and I couldn't see how to replicate what I'd been doing in, in London, in, in a big city. And so I was just doing life coaching and I'd do some networking to promote it, just going to local networking events. And at that time, there are a lot of other life coaches and they would tend to stand up and go, I can, I can help you get fitter. I can help you have a, a loving relationship. I can feng shui your house. I can help you have a happier life. I can help you be richer and wealthier. And they'd end up listing so many things they could do. I could see yeah. people glazing over, yeah. losing track but also losing confidence in what they were really good at. Now, mm. you know, much of it is still just coaching. Yeah. But I thought I've got to do something different. So I said I would stand up and say, most of us know someone with a relationship that isn't working. I specialize in how people fix their broken relationship. And people would still come up to me afterwards and say, actually, my husband's got depression. Can you help with that? Yeah. Or is in a career change? They'd come up and, and talk about other things that I was perfectly capable of working with. But it was the confidence and the clarity of message that gave them confidence. That is a great example. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. It shows the, the real value in just offering one thing and letting people then ask you questions yeah instead of and as you evolve it can be one two or three core areas sure more than that and and people start to get confused with more than three things i know i do 
I, my sister told me they call it the magic rule of three, that, that people mm-hmm. can maybe absorb five things, but it's really three is the sweet spot. So only give them I, three. I, I, do so much, I do so much work in threes. My clients, if they listen to this, will be <laughs> laughing. Here's Martin and his threes again. I occasionally let them, let them go up to five, but after that, it's a no-no. Yeah, it, it's too much. It's too yeah. much. And and it makes it easier for everybody. So yeah. let's stay there. Oh my gosh, Martin, I love this information. I think this is clear. It is, um, you share it so well and so that it feels simple. I know it's not necessarily simple, but the concept is easy to absorb and understand. So I, I really- so Can I jump in there? Yes. You know, to, going back to that first circle, what gives you edge? And you saying, I've made something really quite complex so simple. Yes. When people think through what gives them edge, what gives them competitive advantage, and, and often there's that look of terror in a client's <laughs> eyes when I say, you know, we're going to look at what is it you've invested time, money, and energy in that makes you completely unique as an accountant or <laughs> whatever they're doing. And they think, yeah. well, really, I'm not doing anything very different. <laughs> but But then when we look at the experiences they've had, the years in business, the type yeah. of specialist areas, the courses they've been on, the, the the kit they have bought, but also then their life experiences, what they've done elsewhere, previous jobs. They may have, say, a lot of knowledge of the construction industry because they, you know, grew up with a father who was a builder and they had friends or, you know, they've been in that industry as an accountant. And then you find out actually they've got a real knowledge of a different industry that can give them a specialism that most accountants may not have. And so, for example, as a coach, my first career, I was a product designer. And one of the things you're meant to do as a designer is make the complex simple and easy to understand. Uh And I used to do product design. You have a lot of complex bits of machinery and casings and, and dials and things you've got to figure out. And you've got to go, which bits do most of the work? What does the user need to see on a screen or an interface? Which buttons have to stand out more clearly than others. How do we make this simple, quick, and easy to understand? And so what I've done is <laughs> spend 20 years figuring out how to make business and leadership simple, quick, and easy to understand. So yes, it's simple, but it took me 20 years to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, but that's your thing, right? That That's, that's your... what gives me edge. Yes. yes, exactly. That's right. I love that. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you. And will you let the listeners know how they can find you and and whatever you've got going on that you think they should know, please? Yeah, absolute pleasure. Yes, if they go to businessjetengine.co.uk or .com, either work, and they will find various free tools and resources on my website, on my homepage. They can find my socials and connect with me on sort of LinkedIn and, and Facebook and Instagram. And uh, yeah, if they go to my website, they'll they'll be able to either get in contact, sign up to a newsletter or get some free downloads. The business jet engine we didn't get onto, which is how you plan uh-huh. against your business model. You put plans in place to go, if I want to be where I've proposed my numbers should be in a year's time, two years time, let's diagnose my business and look at what are the one, two or three things in my business to really change to get me there to focus on so that's all about focus so if people go to the website there's a free download that that um will talk them through all of that so so yeah it'd be great if they want to do that i'd love them to connect with me in whatever form be awesome that's so great thank you i'll make sure that that is in the show notes uh and so as i said thank you martin and listeners thank you you are who we're doing this for 
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Imagine how fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about, and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.